I'm Tamara Yonker, one of your co-hosts for the next hour, and uh, we have Gypsy, who is on the road again. Good morning, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Yes, I am on the road again, just heading the opposite direction of where I was, I think, Thursday morning when we did the show, so it's good to be with you. I'm heading into St. Louis this morning, so hello to everybody out on the road. I hope you have a very safe Memorial Day travels if you are listening and it's live and be safe and all that. If you're listening to an archive, hi, you know what day it is. <laughs> yep. It's a holiday here in the United States for a lot of people. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people have the day off. And uh, it's a gorgeous day here in Colorado, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be out boating and barbecuing and doing fun things to um, just enjoy an extra day off this weekend. How's it get any better? (laughs) That's right. Luckily, it's a beautiful day here, too, as we're driving along, and hopefully the storms down in Texas will hold off so we can get home without driving through those. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) yeah. It's a little dicey in the south. Oh, yeah. Tis the season, as they say, I suppose. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. But thank you so much to everybody. And, yeah, here we go into another week of shows. I'm very excited about this topic. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. I know. I think it's one that, you know, as many of our topics are, could use a little clarity for people. (laughs) And um, it's it's really about... um, Oh, right, looking at the wrong page. I was like, that's not our topic today. (laughs) When expectations are disguised as desires, because we've talked before about, um, you know, this entitlement. It's like as soon as I have have established a relationship with somebody, then I am then entitled to expect things from them. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then, and then also talk about, you know, that in contrast to a desire. And how can you really tell the difference when you're uh, having expectations about those you are in relationship with versus when you're just sharing vulnerably a desire? And uh, one of the questions I wanted to start off with this morning was, um, y- you know, because I, I have said this for many years, uh, many, many, many years, that it's completely possible to create a, a relationship, a, a romantic relationship, or be in relationship with family, friends, colleagues, without uh, expectation. And a lot of people don't believe that. It's it's really fun to see how many people want to fight me on that one, who really want to, you know, give me a bunch of yeah buts and really get into the, yeah, but what if, what if this, and what if this, and what, do we, what would you do with this, and what would you do with that? <laughs> Um, it's it's fun for me, actually, to have people challenge me around that one. Um, <clears throat> so here's a way that you can recognize, perhaps, when you are in expectation with somebody, is here's a question. What is your partner or, or your, you know, sibling or your friend, what are they not allowed to say no to in your world? <laughs> what have you decided that if they say no to that, you know, well, I hear, I see this a lot, especially, you know, posting on Facebook or whatever, is people who are like, well, you know, when this happens in your life, you really know who your friends are. And it's kind of like if you if you ask for people for help and they say no, uh, then therefore they're they're not really your friend. Or if your partner says no to something, then they're then they don't care about you. They don't love you. It means something. So what have you decided? The people in your life can't say no to. That might reveal <laughs> where you're in expectation. <clears throat> yeah, that's a really good question. Anywhere there's an attachment to the requirement of their response matching what it is that you're you're calling your desire, that's expectation masquerading right there. It's in, it's disguised in there. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a great thing to wonder about. You know, like if you love me, you wouldn't. 
if you love me, you would. Either of those, that that's not that desire space. And so when I hear desire, it's so, it's so interesting to me. People use it in such different ways. And many times desire is expressed as something that can't be denied. If you're in relationship, mm. my desires cannot be denied by you. Otherwise, it's not considered a relationship <clears throat> or it's not considered love. Uh, and guess what? That's expectation. <laughs> if there's not space around the other person, about honoring the other person's choice, if there's not space around honoring the other person's choice, and this is the, this is the thing I think um, really kind of begins to differentiate <clears throat> perhaps a desire with an expectation is that when I make a request, like I really desire, you know, for for uh, for an example, I mean, there's simple examples like I love the symphony, so um, I found out that Vivaldi was playing here in Colorado in January of next year, and this was like two months ago that I found this out, and I was like, ooh, I'd really like to go see that or, you know, <clears throat> go experience that, and I asked my partner, I said, hey, here's something I'd really like to do. I'd love it if you'd go with me. Would you like to go? That's mm-hmm. a desire. I have a desire to experience something. I have a desire to experience something with my partner, and I ask him, would you like to go? He's fully free to say no. That's a desire. <clears throat> if I If he says, well, you know, I'm not really into the symphony, and that's not my thing, and no, I don't want to go, and I get upset, then I'm in an expectation. You know, you're my partner. You should want to go with me. You should, you know, like that's part of your obligation as my partner to, to do things that I want to do with me. I do things that you want to do that I don't want to do with you. Ever heard those words come out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's it's really that space for them to be a, a total choice for whatever, you know, their their life experience is their life experience. And so desires can be um, included but not shifted into that space of expectation where now it's, you know, it's going to be something you're going to hold over their head or you're going to, you know, um, save that one for later when you're mad and you're going to bring it up and you'll be like, yeah, but I wanted you to do this with me and you didn't and that means whatever you decided it means. I mean, it's amazing the kind of stuff that, that you know, and I've said this before too, expect, that energy of expectation is like poison. It's going to kill oh, yeah. whatever you infect it with and it's going to kill it fast or slow, but it's going to kill it. <clears throat> Guaranteed. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> well, and that's a that's the biggest thing is anything anywhere that there's any kind of attachment. So it doesn't matter if it's a desire or a whim. It doesn't matter if you've got an attachment to it. That's just where expectation is. That's what expectation is. And so yeah. when we get into this space of well, my heart's desire is to travel the world, and you know, all of that. But I was expecting I'd go with my partner. Instead of, I might go to this country with a friend and then this one with, you know, a caravan of gypsies like I'm on. This one might be an airplane mm-hmm. trip. That one might be a, you know, a train trip. It, if we lock into it, we actually, it's not only like the, the people we're binding in our life, but it's also the possibilities we're binding. Because I have said many times I'd like to get, you know, like there were years ago I was like, I, I really, not, I need a computer. Like, oh, this isn't even, even like a whim. I've got to get it, my hands on a computer. So I started the process of, you know, saving the money and shopping. And what ended up happening was I was gifted a computer. And it did not come in the way that I thought it would. And yet, mm-hmm. it, it, I was so surprised, and I received it, but the feedback I got from people were, well, now, what about all that planning you were doing? I guess you didn't manifest it. I was like, what, mm. what kind of conscious crap is that? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> right? I know. And my desires are fulfilled by any means, and I didn't control it. I don't see that as a failure. <clears throat> no. No, and I think that's, you know, that's where expectation can be um in another way a killer of, you know, poison, which said poison, a killer of creation, right? Like if you have I found I found my meme, so I'm going to share my meme that I created, <laughs> I don't know, a few years back. Because I really didn't know the difference between expectation and and desire and and desire something that I'd say within the last 5 years has really unfolded for me recognizing how powerful that energy is 
Um, and so here's what I, I wrote years ago. To live in the bliss of to cr- true creation is to fully unleash and surrender to the generative, undulating waves of your desire as they arise while not making the object of your desire more important than the ecstasy of living as desire itself. (laughs) So (laughs) it could actually unpack that sentence a little bit because there's a few things in there. But but the thing is, it's when when you're living a, a desire-based life, and this is this is really recognizing distinct this distinction between expectation and desire. When you're living in desire as desire, because desire is a very powerful energy, and when you live in and as desire, it's not the outcome that's important. It's unleashing that energy of desire because it is potently creative, potently creative, and what you just described is I'm not attached to exactly how it has to look and how it has to show up and the perfect form and structure. I'm not controlling the shit out of it so that it can only be one way. The way I've predetermined is the right way, the best way, the only way. And that's the key in the sentence where I said to fully unleash and surrender. There's, mm-hmm. There is a um, this paradoxical energy of surrender when we live in desire, and that's why you know when you when you bring it into the arena of relationship, it's it's fully allowing your partner's choice. <clears throat> and a lot of times, you know, this this energy of surrender. Perhaps another show will get into that more deeply. Is is a lot of people are like, oh, why would I do that? Because I'll never get what I want. And right. it's so interesting because if you do have that particular attachment, that predetermined conclusion that I'll be happy when I get X, when it shows up this way, when it turns out this way, when it looks the way I want, um, if we if we live that way, <clears throat> then then the expectation is polluting everything, and and it really limits what's possible. The universe is like, hey, I've got you know an infinite number of ways I could gift this to you. But if you only want it that way, okay, but I don't know if that's going to happen in this lifetime or it might take 50 years or it might <laughs> it's kind of like it's like how hard are we making it on the universe to gift us our desire. Well, and and to me that's the living in conclusionary projection and it's totally. like are you really living in your desired fulfilled expectation or are you living in the creative energy of desire? There is a difference there. That's a distinction, and I love that distinction. I love being in the creative, generative energy of desire and all that it creates. But when, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I desire it, and I'll be happy when I get it. They don't, they think if they call it a desire, they're using the right word, and they don't realize they're projecting their happiness is in the fulfillment and conclusion of it. Yes. Bingo. So true. And, and you know, when I, when I, this is something that it, it took me a while to get when I, when I, um, I used to make this, this moment what was, um, I used to be completely attached to this moment, like this is what's real, and I would, it's its all, where all my yeah buts came from. I'd be like, well, yeah, but, you know, that hasn't been my experience. Yeah, but that hasn't shown up that way. Yeah, but I've never, I've never seen that. Yeah, but, you know, and I would, and I would use history or this moment to deny everything. And I was, it, it was like, it was like just really eliminating possibility. And, and many years ago, this is like almost 20 years ago, um, I was having a, astrological reading and i remember <clears throat> that the gentleman who was giving me the reading he asked me what is your greatest fear and i knew instantly what i and, and what i said was that i'll never have what i really want and it's interesting because at that time i was living as a control freak of magnitude <laughs> and so <laughs> i because i couldn't figure out how i was going to have the things that i desired I just I just was like, well, if I can't figure out how to have the things that I want, then I then I my biggest fear is that I'm never going to have them because I don't know how to I don't know how to actualize it. And um and so I lived and and that energy actually ensures that the things that you desire never show up. When you live in that fear that it's never going to show up, guess what? Your wish is my command. I shall you will make it so. It's like your energy actually uh creates your life experience. 
So over the years since then, and really I'd say, like, like I said, about the last five years, I've really begun to recognize that the energy that I be is what's going to actualize the experience I'm having. So if I sit yeah. here with all my yeah buts and go, yeah, but that's never happened, yeah, but um, that hasn't been my experience, yeah, but I don't know how I'm going to do that, yeah, but ha- that seems impossible, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but all the way every day of my life, then I'm going to ensure that those things never are created. But if I live in the energy and in and as the energy of desire, as the desire fulfilled, if I live the energy of that as fulfilled, that's part of the creation. That's the powerful energy, the creative uh, part of the creative process, where if I be that energy, rather than sit here and go, yeah, but I don't have any money, and so therefore, you know, I'll never be able to do what I want to do, or, you know, that's, that's a common one. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. Here's all of our, our ways that we push. We literally exclude that which we desire. If I live in and as the energy of the desire fulfilled right now, today, then the universe is like, wow, she's wide open to receiving. The, the, the spigot, so to speak, or whatever, like the aperture, that's the word I used the other day, the aperture is wide open to receive many, 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 vari- like a variety of actual ways that that could actualize. And so it's, yeah. it's amazing to me how when I live in and as that energy, it's like, boom, things show up all over the place. It's like it's suddenly I'm being offered. I'm offered this, I'm offered that. And a, and a really good example <clears throat> is, uh, and I think I've shared this on the show before a few years back, where I had this, you know, it was, and it was just a momentary thing. I was like, wow, I think I'd really love to be a global voice for consciousness. It was a desire mm-hmm. that I just sort of, you know, just put it out there kind of in a in a – casual conversation and within 48 hours somebody called me up somebody a good friend of mine said hey how'd you like to have a radio show global radio show and i was like uh-huh there you go because i was there willing to be that energy it wasn't like i'm just going to wish for it maybe it'll happen someday wouldn't that be cool if oh i'd really i'll be happy when i was willing <laughs> to be that energy now well, even though I didn't yeah. have a way of expressing, you know, I didn't know global. Vo- I want to be a global voice for consciousness. What the heck does that even mean? I didn't even really think I know. <laughs> when I had the desire, I just knew that I had the desire to express in a bigger way whatever it was that I had to contribute to the world. And I didn't have a particular way that that had to look. I didn't say I have to have a radio show. I didn't say I have to have a TV show. I didn't say I have to. I have to write a book that has to be a bestseller. I didn't come up with all of these specific form and structures. I just opened myself to desire and let the universe gift to me a particular way. Now, it could have been many numbers of ways. Who knows? But that's what showed up. And I was like, um, yes, I will, I will choose that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so many times people have those these expectations that are like hiding in secret. It's like the shell game and they're, they're just dancing around. And when people start not having that conclusionary desire, it's not fulfilled. It's not coming the way they thought it would. It exposes their expectations because I've done projects with people who are like, I yes, I want to do this. I want to do this. We're going to do this. We get into doing it. And then there's a moment of, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not getting out of it what I wanted. I really wanted to do this, but you know what? It's not giving me what I what I thought I would get out of it. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that desire was actually to be the service that was expressed in the beginning because what happened was when that conclusion was not achieved, was not fulfilled, the desire was un you know, what was attached to the desire, whether it was a lie or an expectation or a a getting that they were wanting, whatever it was, exposed. And that, that is the tricky, that's a tricky widget that comes along with it that shows up and says, oh, now, how am I going to disguise that I actually had all these expectations? Because it sounded real when I had this desire. And it's a, it's a game we play but it also reveals so much about our orientation that we're living from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I was just uh, writing that in the, in the chat room because <clears throat> what you said, I want, I want to say it again, it was so good. 
when people choose into an experience and then they get this, you know, kind of like upset of some sort, disappointment, and they're like, well, you know, this really isn't giving me what I thought I would get out of it. That's such a right there, right there. Well, this really isn't giving me what I thought I would get out of it. When you, that's, that's, that's reveals an expectation. You totally had an expectation about whatever this experience was going to be for you. And when that conclusion is not fulfilled and you feel disappointed, it reveals that attachment to the outcome as an expectation rather than a desire. My desires, when I, as I live in more of the energy of desire, it's really an adventure. I really don't know how it's going to show up, where it's going to take me. Sometimes it's a windy path. Sometimes even go on a detour. I mean, a, a really great example is how this radio show came to be. When you and I first <laughs> discussed, we were kind of like, and I, I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is the beginning of something, Jen, and it just feels like there's some energy there for us to continue to create something together. We didn't, you didn't call me up. I didn't call you up and say, hey, let's do a radio show. There was never, that's, <laughs> right. just, that's not how it started. It started out with a, an, some energy that we were aware of that we started to play with and be like, hmm, I wonder what this could be. I wonder what we could create with it. Hey, show us. And so it was, it's mm-hmm. really saying yes. Desire is about saying yes. It's about saying yes mm-hmm. to an exploration that you're going to play with the universe. You know, you're, you're going to be like, hey, show me all the ways that this could actualize. Let's play. And I don't have to have, it doesn't have to show up a certain way. Now, um, that is the same way in relationship, right? It can show up the exact same way in relationship. It's like, hey, let's play. Yeah. And I've shared this before when I, when I got into, you know, when I entered into a relationship with my current current partner, I, I knew what I desired, but I hadn't experienced it yet. So I didn't actually have the expectation. I couldn't have had the expectation because I was like, I actually want something I haven't experienced yet. And I don't know what that's even going to be like because I, I, it's kind of like saying, I know what I don't want. <laughs> you know, I've had a bunch of relationships that I was like, yeah, no, I, that's really missing the mark and that's missing the mark and that's missing the mark and that's missing the mark. So I'm really clear on what I don't want. But I don't really know what it's going to take to create something that is really more on the mark of what I desire. So you want to play with me? Do you want to figure this out as we go along? Do you want to keep course correcting until we hit that sweet spot that we both go, ah, you know? Like it didn't come <laughs> yeah. with a prepackaged expectation of it has to look this way. Now, I did also reveal last week that um, I had a lot of my old residual uh, stuff, my debris started showing up because I did have expectations previously about, you know, the form and structure and what it had to look like and my, pr- my preferences and this and that. And those things did creep in. And it really gave me the opportunity to address them. Um, could have been the end of our relationship. But I, I right. kept saying, you know, what really matters here to me? Is it the form and structure and how it looks? Or is it the energy of play that we can continue to create in based on desire rather than expectation? Absolutely. You know, one of the most interesting things that happened when I was in Tennessee was going to Loretta Lynn's ranch and doing her museum mm-hmm. tour. And they have this video that goes on there talking about she and and do Mooney, her husband, and how different they were. And they really emphasized her children were interviewed, that kind of thing. They talked about how Mooney was happy on the ranch he wanted to work the land he wanted the animals loretta was happy on the road and when they spent too much time in either of those spaces that was not true to the other one that's when they would start to have fights and all this drama and all the shit so they knew that actually he was happy on the ranch and she was happy on the road so she would go out on the road and come back to the ranch and then if if things started getting dicey or whatever that was you know she would go back out on the road and then and also he'd go on the road with her sometimes and when it got dicey out on the road he'd go back to the ranch and they kept honoring what was true for them and that hurricane mills was the common ground of community and the fan base and all that where they came together and they kept saying it wasn't their their common, you know, it's not like they were so alike that they made their relationship work. It was that all their differences did not get in the way enough to destroy the relationship. And that I appreciated so much about that experience was seeing it. They each had desires and they fulfilled their desires. They did not expect the other one to be the fulfillment of their desires. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that that is so that's such a beautiful example and that's really exactly what I um came to recognize in my own relationship, you know, because I one of the things that I really enjoy is uh living with somebody, like the day-to-day, you know, what might be called the domestic life, the mundane life, whatever, you know being side by side with someone making breakfast in the morning and and you know like just just the the daily stuff i know a lot of people don't like that but i do like that and and sleeping next to them every night and you know just waking up in the morning and having that like i don't know i just really like it that's fun for me which is funny because i'm not a domestic person like i don't particularly cook clean or do housework like i'm i'm just like i'm not a domestic person and yet i enjoy sharing with my life with somebody on a daily basis so that was one of the things that um you know started to started to feel like it was uh it was problematic you know because he has a house he owns his house he lives in a in a place that's you know like a good 50 minute drive from me and i have my house and i have my and and our houses are very different <laughs> like we i live up in the you know an area that's very natural and have lots of animals and the deer and the rabbits and you know foxes and even the occasional bear and such and he lives more in a city right and not a big city but still you know there's there's noises of of children across the street at the at the playground or there's you know sirens and things and and so just that is different and and he's a very active guy likes to be outside he's very um likes to be moving his body likes to be out in the yard and taking care of his little projects and mowing the lawn and doing all Mm -hmm. that stuff and i don't have a yard my whole yard is natural i could care less about that stuff (laughs) like there's a lot of ways that we're really 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 different and it took a while because my my instinct was to fill fulfill my desire to like be together to live together and it mm-hmm. took me a long time to recognize Tamara that's really on the verge of expectation here it's like I'm not going to be able to be happy until we're living together and I had to look at that and look at that and look at that and look at that over and over and over until I literally broke the spell I was under of that whole expectation that I'm not going to be happy unless we're living together I'm not going to be happy until we're living together and I had to really have that come to Jesus moment be like well shut up like are you happy is this is this <laughs> yeah. fulfilling? Are you enjoying it? And I was like, yes. And it was like, then give up the need, that yeah. expectation to, to that you can't be happy until you're living together. And what we really discovered is it's almost like a long-distance relationship simply because of the distance between us, even just a drive. And when he's, you know, he's happy in his environment. He really loves to be in his environment, doing his thing and puttering around with his projects and whatever he needs to get done. And I love my environment, and I'm, I, I do my projects, but in it's a totally different way. And so really it took me, and I'll say me, a while to get to that place of what exactly what you're describing with, you know, Loretta Lynn and her husband. Like, he's happy doing his thing. I'm happy doing my thing. We can come together and enjoy each other, but we don't, neither one of us, um, like there doesn't have to be that compromise. And, and a lot of times if we get stuck or hung up on a way we've decided it has to look in order for us to be happy, we might be blinded to the happiness that's already there, except we're like stuck in this idea, but I can't be happy until, but I can't be happy until it's got to look this way or whatever. And that's what I really realized is like, wow, I need to give that up because I'm already happy. I'm just not even seeing it. Like I'm not even acknowledging it because I'm so hooked on it's got to look this way. It's got to have this form and structure. And so since I've let that go, you know, it, it's, it, we really are, can be in a, like I can be in his space and for as long as it suits me. And if I start to feel like, you know, it's not working for me or there's something else I want to do, then I just leave. I just say, okay, you know, and same with him. Like he, he goes back to his space or whatever. We, when we're really honoring ourselves and our differences and the way we live and, and the, the things that we enjoy, then it works beautifully. It really is. There's so much ease in space, but as soon as somebody, as soon as there's ideas of how it needs to look or how it should be, that's that expectation that starts to poison it. Mhm. And poison it is a really good way to say that. It it's and it's it can be sneaky, y'all. It can be really sneaky. It might mm. be that hey, you know, I I I came to your place last. I assumed you'd come to my place. Now. Yes. Like yeah. All of these little things, like I did this for you. I thought you'd do this for me. Type thing. Yeah. Anywhere that that sneaks in, that is expectation. 
you know, like peeking out from under the covers to let you know that it is totally in the game of your desires and that it, you're not in allowance. You know, you, it, that's not allowance and that's not honoring and, and there's so much poison in that. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing. And I do want to say, you know, you brought up compromise, and tomorrow we're going to be talking about compromise because mm-hmm. it was requested so much. So we are talking about the, being addicted to compromise. So for those of you who are like, say more about compromise, we have a whole show on it tomorrow. So we're going <laughs> to – not that we're not going to talk about it this show also, but I just wanted to let people know I got a message, hey, say more about compromise. Tomorrow, a whole show on it. <laughs> but Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, I think that – we are because it, this is so confusing, I think, for people to um, recognize. When we say expectation, it's really easy to go, what are you expecting of others? But I want to bring this back to you. I know we're talking about yeah. relationships, but we've always got to remind ourselves to return to that intimacy with ourselves. And what, when you have a desire within you, what expectations within you are you attaching to it? Like we talked mm. about the receiving and the limitations and expectation on how it comes and allowance. And are you, do you believe that, you know, it, it, do you have any beliefs about what desire looks like and how it should come to you inside of you? Are you waiting for happiness to be a certain size in your body that you desire to be or a certain income level you desire to be? Is that what you are waiting to get to living? You know, like, I'm not going to be happy until. I'm not going to get in a swimming suit until. I'll go to the beach when. I, You know, I'll get married if and when. And all of those attachments start coming in and understand those are like binding strips. Those are the that binds you and limits your expansion possibility. It puts blinders on you, so you can't recognize even what is available to you. So yeah. look within, also. That's my invitation. It's really, just look in. Absolutely, and I think you know if you want to call it an ideal, you know, this idealized fantasy, idealized world, perfect. You know, when things are perfect, then. Um, <laughs> As we've said before, perfect is an illusion. It doesn't exist. So are you using that idealized version of life, you know, perfection as a protection? I know a lot of people do that. They're like, uh, unless it's going to look exactly perfect. Well, you were talking about this last week, as I recall, when somebody Mm -hmm. was asking you about your relationship with Sherry, is it perfect? And you were like, what? Like, that's not even on my radar. Like, that's not how I... Uh, you know, if you're using perfection as a measurement for for whether you're going to, you know, enjoy something, choose something, have something, experience something, oh, it's not, it's not right until it's perfect. Um, wow. Like how much are you defending against the aliveness that you can be and experience and enjoy? It's, it's not real. So I see a lot of people that do that. It's kind of like their expectations are so in a uh it doesn't allow life to be messy. Life is messy. You know? Like mm-hmm. like when 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 if I wasn't willing to allow life to be messy when I first uh well, there's so many examples I could think of, but I'm just going to go back to my relationship. Like I said, I was like I I was very clear with him. I said, "Look, here's here's what I desire. I desire a relationship that's based on freedom." that's based on choice, that's based on allowance. I said, I've never had that before. I'm just going to tell you right up front. never had that before. I have no idea how to create it. So what do you think? <laughs> you know, like, do you want to go on this adventure <laughs> with me? Do you want to, you know, intimacy and vulnerability and all of these things? You know, I talk about and I say, I mean, I, it's funny because I can go back to the texts in the first, you know, few months or, or so, six months or maybe even more in our relationship when we were exploring that, when we were – like testing the waters and what is this what is what is this really like what is what is it if we're vulnerable to each other what is this intimacy thing mm-hmm. that you know I desired to create that but I didn't know so it's it's allowing life to be messy and if I had you know if I had a few months in well this isn't perfect yet then uh-huh. how what am I defending against the possibility of having something greater than I've ever experienced simply because it doesn't it's not it, i've got some idealized version of what it should be that perfection thing it's not perfect yet at yep. any point 
we can always come up with some reason for uh for our um each, you know like to to I I I actually have said this before. I was a um oh, I was a I can't now I can't remember it. So funny how things will just come into your head and then disappear almost in, as instantly as they do. Um, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it was gone. But but anyway, like uh, I I I could have made up many 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 reasons when it got messy, when we were in those spaces of dealing with our debris, when we were beginning to navigate what vulnerability really is, when we were beginning to cre- really create something that neither one of us had ever existed before. It got messy. It got messy, and I could have used he or I. And, you know, it's funny. We just, I just said this to him the other day. There could have been many, many countless reasons for either, either one of us to bolt, and we didn't because we allowed it to be messy while we were going along. And, and that's when I it, – it's funny because each time you go through one of those mess, we'll just call, I'll just call it a messy spell – what, what we noticed was we'd, you know, move through it, and then we'd be like, wow, the depth of the intimacy we created by, by being with, just sitting with the messiness and going, like, I, don't, I don't really know. Let's just stay with it. Let's lean in. Let's just lean in more. Let's just lean in further. I don't really know. We'll stay with it. Every time we, you know, quote, unquote, came out the other side, we were like, wow, the depth of, of vulnerability, the depth of intimacy, the depth of allowance, everything got expanded, and that was something that I hadn't experienced before because so many people are just ready to bolt. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. If you've got some idea that you should never argue or it should never, this should never happen, you should never, you know, like any of that, then you're going to be a flight risk. That's the word. I, that's what it was. I was really, you know, you're going to be a flight risk. And I, and I actually ha- had that awareness at some point early on in our relationship. I was like, wow, I am so... I am so nervous about receiving more. And then, you know, it's almost like that the more you receive, the more you have to lose. And do I really want to put myself in that position of losing? You know, this is all this is all a point of view, by the way, people. And right. and get that. Like if you if you're living from this mindset, do I really want to allow myself re- to receive more than I've ever received before? Because then that means I have more to lose, which means the pain if I lose it is going to be greater than anything I've ever experienced before. Do I really want to do that? That's where a lot of people back off. That's where a lot. That's the flight risk. That's where they're like, no, I'm out. I am not. I'm not right. willing to be that vulnerable. I'm not willing to actually receive more. That's not God, that's that's living in desire. That's what living desire is. It's messy. It you don't know what's going to happen next. That's different than expectation. It really where you've got is. it all planned out in perfect little compartmentalized boxes. Mhm. And it it really is. And you know, you speak to that, and it's exactly what I spoke on in a previous show about Kelsey. You know, my daughter, and mm. how do I know he's the one? Well, he loves me more than my fear of being loved. Yeah. And it was that whole that. thing of in, impending doom. You know, the more I love, the more I have to lose, the more happier I am, the more it's going to hurt when it goes away, all that stuff. And yep. She, yep. She, he just loved her through all of her little tantrums and fits and all that stuff. And she finally went, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm done fighting, being happy, and I'm yeah. just going to let myself be loved, and I'm going to receive it. And, you know, they created a great relationship, and it lasted the rest of their lives. Look at that. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's a really, really amazing thing to say knowing that it ended with them both being, you know, leaving this earth together in a car accident that was horrific. But the truth is, I will love you the rest of my life was absolutely true for them. And I couldn't be more happy for my daughter to have had that experience. And she had to let go in order to have it. Yeah. Right there. Bingo. I'm going to bring back that surrender word. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. What what you just said is again bears repeating. I wrote it in the chat room. I think I'm done fighting being happy. I'm going to allow myself to receive it. I think yeah. I'm done fighting being happy. I'm going to allow myself to receive it. And that it's amazing how people will uh, refuse what's all already right there. All their expectations, yeah. all their ideas of perfection and idealism, it's always already right there. And they're like, no, but it doesn't look like this yet. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, you've got to surrender your ideas of control. 
You've got to surrender the idea that, um, you know, I I don't know, like living in desire to me in that messy space of desire where I don't know what's going to happen next um, because I don't have anything locked down. I don't have any guarantees. Like life is, there are no guarantees in life, no matter how much you might try and create guarantees in life. And I think that's a lot of what expectation is about is trying to create some sense of certainty and having guarantees and I know how it's going to turn out and I, and then I won't be hurt or then it, you know, I won't have to deal with whatever I don't want to deal with. You really, to live in the space of desire, it really does require that, that surrender, surrendering your need to control everything so that you don't have to experience something you've decided you never want to experience. Cause the thing is, no, you, you can't control that. You can't control what other people choose um, but I do find that the more I live in desire, the more my life is uh, that 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 thought that I had many years ago when my you know what's your greatest fear? And I said the fear that I'll never have what I really want. That hasn't even been on my radar for years. As I right. surrender more and live into this energy of desire, that I'll never have what I really want hasn't even been on my radar for years. Because the more I live as desire the more it's, I'm not attached to the outcome. So this whole idea that it has to look a certain way isn't even on my radar. It's really about um, living in the moment and being so present with what is and, and, and being done fighting, being happy. It's right here yeah. in every moment if you're willing to receive it. It's not condition-dependent. Happiness, you know, this might be new to some people, happiness is not condition dependent although your mind will make it so yeah absolutely it's it's so amazing and it's so freeing and and i you know i just was feeling into it like if you don't know what your desires are really if you if somebody says to you what do you desire and you have no idea, I strongly urge you to go back to the first 20 shows in the Seducing Aliveness mm. archives and go to that series where we did shows on intimacy with ourselves, all the different facets of intimacy with ourselves, because it, whether you're in relationship or not, because if you don't know your own desires, that is not your partner's job. And right. if you are putting it on them, that is... That no bueno. No, 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 no. Bring that back. Reel it in. That is your job. What are your desires? And it's it's really not their job to even fulfill your desires. And I know that can be so tricky, no. and that requires intimacy with yourself. And so, it, whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you say, "Oh, my partner's not going to change. I'm making all these changes, and now they're having to adjust, and it's not good, and they don't like it." And that, stop making it their business. Stop making it their job. You can be intimate with you and not have that attachment and expectation on them. And if you will do that, you just recalibrating your own awareness, your own intimacy with yourself, everything around you will gently, literally, just gently start falling into place of what alignment that is. And if, if you feel it's too uncomfortable because it's upsetting people around you, then consider if being you is going to be a problem within the relationship you're in. You got a bigger problem than what you think. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> because you, yeah, because your relationship is not actually with you. It's with the illusion you've created. So it, you know, and that brings up the whole fear of rupture and all that. Blah blah. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. on all those shows. I can open ten yeah. cans of worm right there. But <laughs> but the whole point is, don't. For even for one second, and I'm just going to call this out right here, right now. If you have been thinking this whole time, I want my my lover, my partner, my spouse to listen to the show so they can know how to fulfill my desires. Stop right now. Take a breath. Get back in your own lane. Your desires are yours. You can share your journey or your desires with your loved ones, but your desires are yours. That's not an outsourced thing. Yeah. I have a I have sort of a, a fun example of this. Um I cool. after my divorce I started started dating again and it was uh this was six years ago. And I met somebody online who lived in London, England. And I was kinda like, uh, do you realize I live in the United States? Like he you know, he he 
he started a conversation with me, and I kind of was like, this is sort of silly. Like, I'm not going to date you. You're in London. You're across the pond. You're many, many thousands of miles away. And he was just really, you know, kind of a friendly guy. And we, and he's like, yeah, I know, but, you know, sometimes I come to uh, Fort Collins where I live. He's like, sometimes I come there for business, and you never know. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. So we, we just continued to be, have a friendly conversation. And that friend, friendly conversation uh, online turned to, uh, you know, phone calls and Skyping and whatever. And pretty soon, uh, you know, with, after a few months, it, there was the, the idea of me actually traveling to London to see him, and which would essentially be a first date uh, in person, right? I mean, we'd Skyped, we'd been on the phone a few times, but, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I, that's how I roll. Why not? Why not? Why not, <laughs> Why not fly to London for a first date? And so I think he was actually, I, I almost think he was testing me when, when it all came up, because when I said, okay, it was like, really? Like, you'd really do that? I'm like, sure, why not? Really? Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're really going to fly to London for a first date? And I think up until the day I literally got on the plane, he still didn't believe I was actually going to do it. And this is one <laughs> of the people that uh, I interacted with who, who didn't believe ex- a, a, a relationship absent absence of expectation was not possible. He didn't believe that. And he, he was one of the people that really challenged me on it and was like, you know, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. So, so he was doing this thing about, well, so what if you fly over here and I don't pick you up from the airport? I'm like, then you don't pick me up from the airport. He's like, well, that's an expectation. I'm like, no, actually, you know, I don't have the expectation. Um, it, I, I will I will do something like, I don't know what I'll do, but like you just deal with it. And he's like, well, so what if I take you to McDonald's for dinner? And I was like, okay. And he's like, well, that's an expectation. And I'm like, no, it's not. He he was like, <laughs> he was projecting all of his expectations onto me saying that I would have an expectation that he would, you know, that he would take me to nice or that nice dinners or, or, you know, this and that. And I said, I said, no, I said, this is the thing about, uh, living in desire. You you make an invitation. Come to to come to see me. Okay. Oh, sure. That's a that's that sounds fun. And I don't. I'm not going to turn it into an expectation. That's like, well, it should it should turn out like this. You know, when I get there, he should meet me at the airport with flowers, and then he should take me to a five star hotel where he should pamper me, and he should this, and he should that, and it should be like this, and it should be like that, and the whole way through, and should and should and should and should and should. <laughs> when I said yes. I said yes to an adventure. I was like, I have no, I don't even know this guy, really. Like, you know, I mean, we've right. we've been chatting, and a lot of people might think I'm insane for uh, right. doing that. And that's okay, because I don't really care what they think. But I said yes to the adventure, not the expectation of how it was going to turn out, but how fun it might be to just go and find out how it was going to turn out. And so um, not having any expectations allowed me to come. I don't know. I was there for five days or something like that, flew home. And, you know, people were like, well, how was your trip? And I was like, it was amazing because I didn't have any idea what it was. I didn't have any expectations. I, I didn't come home saying, well, he didn't meet me at the hotel or at the airport with flowers, and he didn't take me to the really fancy restaurant, and he didn't take me. He didn't do this, and he didn't do that. And he, didn't, he didn't do anything that I thought he should do. Like, the, how fun is that, really, to live in that space of, um, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after. <laughs> oh my God! Talk about a recipe for misery. Desire doesn't <laughs> so have true. any of that. Desire is ready to play. Desire is ready to discover. Desire is ready to to explore, and be in the messiness of it all. Absolutely. Because the thing is, I always yeah. have choice, right? I always have choice. Like if something, if there was some part of that trip that went awry and it didn't it actually was beautiful trip if there was some part of that trip that went awry guess what i have choice i can choose out of the experience i'm having at any moment i can be like hmm, no this actually isn't really what i want to experience so i'm going to choose something different i could have chosen out of that experience in any moment and I think that's yep. that's part of this surrender piece. And interestingly enough, I don't need to control anything anymore because I know I've got my superpower of choice right here. I'm never not without it. So it's easy Absolutely. for me to surrender into the messiness of life knowing that I can make a different choice at any moment. I feel very empowered in that way. I don't feel like I need to control everything because, oh, my God, what if something I don't want to experience happens and I freak out? 
I don't feel that way. I'm like, oh, it's an adventure. Let's see what happens. I can choose out of it at any moment. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think there's that piece that where we find out what our orientation is is if you just said any variation of, oh, I could never do that, that would be so disappointing to choose out in any moment. I might hurt their feelings. Oh, I couldn't do that. Mm. Then that just is showing that people pleasing, that you're willing to sell right. out. If it hurts their feelings, you're willing to sell out. If it, if you, you know, you don't want to make somebody feel undesirable by telling them no for, you know, a sexual encounter. Oh, that's your, that's where you'd sell out. That's that point where you would abandon you. And you would make their comfort or their self-esteem or whatever more important. I remember a guy that I was friends with, and he said that he had met somebody online, and it was all so great, and on and on. Oh, they were falling in love, and they were using love word they never met, even though they lived within a couple hours of each other and all this stuff. And it was great. And he said, so we, we plan the big date is to go to a major concert in the city. He said he gets to the hotel he, to meet her before going to dinner and then the concert she opens up the hotel door, and he immediately knows, knows it's a no. And it, it, it wasn't shallow, just vibrationally. It was, there was nothing. It was flatline to be in her yep. presence. And I said, well, what did you do? And he goes, well, we went to dinner, and she wanted to make out, but I made it an excuse. We went to dinner, and then we went to the concert. And it, it was all right, but I kept thinking of all the money I'd wasted. And then when we went back to the hotel room, I just couldn't tell her no. So I stayed the night with her. And I think I'll just not return her calls. And I was like, that's a better option than what? Wait a minute, what? And he couldn't see where I was so amazed that he had made that choice to not call it off the moment he knew it was a no. He would so much rather choose to tell himself no than hurt this woman's feelings. And I thought to myself, what is it like in there? What does that feel like to know you abandon yourself for that? And what orient, What are you oriented to in order to do that, to deny yourself to fulfill the desires of somebody else? Man, mm-hmm. that to me is all the reason to have your own aliveness as your own. It is yours. It is not up to anybody as else. Your, as your compass, right? Your own aliveness. Yeah. Yep. That's your inner compass. Compass. That's your inner authority. Um, and if you want to listen to more about uh, abandoning you that's the first show we did on friday <laughs> number 40 <laughs> abandon you and we've talked about that as a as a theme throughout all of these shows but yeah isn't that amazing how we'll just go along to keep the peace rather than to say something i mean because that that was that was something that there was some interesting conversations as i was going to travel to you know another country traveling thousands of miles mm-hmm. away to see somebody i'd never met before and it was like, you know, what what about the expectations he might have had on me? You know, people are like, oh, well, I couldn't do that because what if he expected this and what if he expected that and what if he expected I was like, well, he can expect all day long. That doesn't mean I have to comply. <laughs> you know, right. where have you decided that somebody else's expectations require your compliance? <laughs> That's abandon you, by the way. You are yeah. never required to comply with anyone's expectations. And so... You know, if I got over there and he had all kinds of expectations, which he he didn't actually, but if he had, and if it wasn't something I wanted to choose, I would just say no. I've I've I, and and I have worked through that. I mean, I that's something that I've I've gotten to a place of like I'm not going to do what you just described, go through the motions of an entire evening, um, and not say no. I mean, that, and 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 frankly. Dating the date the years that I spent dating was a big playground for that. I really got to play and um, discover where my nos were, where my yeses were. Being really clear, cultivating that inner compass for myself, that inner authority for myself. Just because you know guys would be like, "Oh, you wanna you wanna you know go come to my place and and have a drink or whatever," and I'd be like, "No, thank you." And no, by the way, is a complete sentence. You don't have to make excuses yes. or explain yourself. No, you can just just know is good. <laughs> so, Even if they ask so, for more information, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> you really don't. And I, I remember a specific time, as a matter of fact, where I had gone out to lunch with a, a guy, and and he said he wanted to see me again, and um, and I I said I said well I was like no I don't uh, and I started doing this no and he and he's kind of like well uh, and I I found myself trying to 
find some way to quote unquote let him down easy, like give him some sort of, you know, and 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 I was stumbling over my words and I said, you know what? Actually, it's just a no. I really enjoyed lunch, thank you, and it's just a no. <laughs> because I was like, oh right. my god, like just trying to figure out some way to say it in just the right way, so I'm not going to hurt his feelings. That's crap. Because here's the thing. I don't have any control over how he feels about that anyway. So this idea yeah. that I'm going to say just the right thing so that he doesn't feel bad, that's an illusion. That's a total illusion. I could say it in the nicest, most kindest, sweetest, you know, unhurtful way, and he still might get angry and pissed and call me a bitch. <laughs> right, so exactly. You can't control that. That's not up to you. That is not up to you. Other people's emotional landscape and what they choose to feel is not up to you, control freak. <laughs> <laughs> control freak. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, you control freak? Stop it. <laughs> and, we and I have a feeling we're going to we talk know it very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, that I have a feeling we're going to talk about that more tomorrow on the Addicted to Compromise show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Mm. Yes, we definitely are. Because that's a hot topic. I think that there's a lot of, like you said, you know, it's you, you can't have a relationship. Marriage is a endless stream of compromises. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be. That's a choice you can make if you'd like to, but we're going to be talking about how it's not actually a requirement. Yeah. It really, and and I think, you know, so we've been kind of leading up to this. We've been looking at little facets of this whole compromise thing, right? Um, I mean, where do you abandon you? you? Where do you live in expectation? Where do you believe you have to comply to other people's expectations? Each one of these shows that we've been doing for the last few weeks is sort of looking at each little component of this so that you can begin to really see how compromise is not required. But the first step as you said, Jen, go back to the first, you know, 20 shows in when we first started <laughs> seducing aliveness, when we really got into uh, talking about cu- cultivating intimacy with yourself. Because you don't, if you don't have that intimacy with yourself, if you haven't really developed that inner compass and that inner authority, you are going to abandon you and compromise all over the place. You will uh, comply. You will believe that you need to comply to other people's expectations. You will, you know, the people pleasing, the not wanting to hurt, like all of this stuff is going to be just uh, rampant in your life. So it really starts with you, as we've been saying all along. It starts with you, and then, uh, and then, it's the you have the opportunity to play that out in life. You get to play that out with other people. You get to play that out in your relationships. You get to play that out with life. It's really um, uh, 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 shifting your operating system 180 degrees. It's As I said before on the show, ha- happiness is not condition-dependent. And yet most people, and whatever happiness is for you, okay, like I'm, that, I'm not even going to, you know, try and nail down a definition of happiness, so whatever that is for you, but it's not condition-dependent, and yet people function as if it is. So they're they're busily working to get all of their external reality all perfect, get all my ducks in a row. And I know I was uh, I was guilty of that, trying to make it perfect, trying to get it all under control, trying to get, get it all under control, just get all those ducks in a row and get everything under control. Well, that's not sustainable. You might have that for a right. moment or five minutes or a week, but something's going to blow up. And if you make your well-being condition-dependent, then you're constantly going to be chasing fires, putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires. So what we're talking about is shifting your orientation 180 degrees instead of making it outer depend outer orientation dependent, make that that space of your own being and your own inner realm, make that be the priority. Totally different. Absolutely. Yes, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you know what? I started this call in Illinois, and now I'm in Missouri. So the gypsy's rolling on. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you have uh, how many more days of uh, rolling on the road? Oh, I think uh, four more days. Wonderful. <laughs> well, we will look forward to joining you again tomorrow. 
This is it for today's show. Come back tomorrow and join us for Addicted to Compromise, guaranteed to be a lively conversation. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.